0: Hello there and welcome to a new episode of the Raw Room Podcast. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to be discussing quite a few bits and pieces about gear. I've got a new camera to talk about. I want to broach the subject of DSLR versus mirrorless now that I've used quite a few of them all. Uh, I just want to offer maybe a a slightly different attitude towards that subject. Uh, And I'll also give you a quick update on What's happening with the Photo Nerds? Because I know a lot of you have been asking about it. Yeah, so let's just start with that. Let's get straight into it without wasting any more time. So the Photo Nerds, if you're not aware, is another podcast that I've been doing with Gary Goff and Paul G. Johnson. We had a podcast and it was a, a new YouTube channel that we set up and we probably did I don't know, nearly 20 episodes, something like that. And then we had a photo Nerds meetup at Gary's studio. It was a really good night. Three of us did a bit of a talk and we had some Q&A and met some of you as well, which was really, really good fun. It was a great night, went really well. And then since then, we have not put anything else out. Uh, We haven't really explained why or said anything about it. And a lot of you have been asking because... The, the podcast was doing pretty well. For 20 episodes, we were getting about 5,000 listens or watches per episode, so it was going pretty good. But uh, it, it was mainly me that's, that sort of has put a halt on it. I wouldn't say that it's over altogether, but it's certainly not going to be moving... We're not going to be putting any episodes out in the near future. The, the reason being is that it was a very large amount of extra work it was also tricky for us to meet up and for me as I'm just still sort of under two years into being full time as a photographer it was just that extra bit of free content that I was putting out that It was basically the straw that broke the camel's back, and it was just it was impacting on other areas where I feel at the moment I need to try and put my time into to make the extra money to make to be able to pay my mortgage and look after my kids and stuff. So, uh, which is unfortunate because it was doing well. It was fun to do. Gary, Paul, and I have not fallen out or anything like that. We're still good friends. We're still hanging out now and again. But the, the the podcast is on hold i think uh unfortunately just to give you an idea of what what we needed to do it was a case of arranging a meet time to meet which was not always difficult because we're all we've all got busy lives as anyone does uh we don't particularly live that close to each other it's not too bad but it, i don't know it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to get to where we did the recording most of the time we then sat down for An hour or so to discuss a few bits and pieces before we started recording. We'd then record three episodes, at which point we would probably talk for about three hours in total, which was always my favourite part. If we could have had some kind of production team or even just one person to help do the recording, that would have made things a lot better, where we can just sit down, chat for three hours, three episodes, put it out, and that would be great. But it's not like that, because... We're then talking about, we had a multi-camera setup with about four cameras, I think. Yeah, one on each of us and then one of all three of us in the same shot. So then we've got a multi-camera setup. It's a lot of card space and hard drive space and then the audio. Then put it all together. Didn't actually take that long to edit, usually, depending on if anything went wrong. But it was just then that extra bit of work. We then sort of ended up with the odd annoying comment now and again especially if we're talking about gear people get very passionate and that's what i'm talking about today but so anyway the, the the comments weren't always the greatest i don't think but a lot of you did like it uh we liked it as well but this is this is the problem i've talked about before is that we are there's only so much content that you can create for free before you start it before it starts negatively impacting you And it may be that if we had continued to do it and I'd put more time into it, that eventually we would have made decent money. But I've got to just do what's right for me for the time being, uh, and that's sticking with the YouTube channel, sticking with the Raw Room, and trying to make a bit of money to pay the bills in the short term. So... The, the, it's unfortunate that the photo nerds is the thing that's sort of fallen away. Not sure if Gary and Paul are going to keep it up. That's for them to discuss. I think those conversations are ongoing at the moment. I would be quite happy with that if they did. No hard feelings or anything like that. I kind of hope they do and I could just drop in from now and now and again. But we shall have to see how that pans out. But I just thought I would give you a quick update on that because a lot of you have been asking. Right, let's move on and just talk about gear for a minute. And I'm going to talk specifically about uh, gear reviews for a second because I have spent a lot of time very recently talking about how I think people should focus on the artistic side of photography. And to some extent, the gear doesn't matter. Now, to some extent, the gear doesn't matter, but I think it also does matter because you need, you need a good tool a decent tool to be able to create your photography. That's kind of my general feeling, but it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy talking about the tools that we use, and I do. I like talking about uh, photography gear now and again. Not all the time, but now and again. So I've been meaning to do more gear reviews for quite some time, but I ha- it was unsustainable continually buying the gear myself and then selling it. I was making too much of a loss. I couldn't afford to keep doing it. I don't have a spare two or three grand line around just to do gear reviews. So I haven't done one for quite a while um, since, I don't know, since one of the Fujifilm cameras that I reviewed on YouTube. The idea I had is that I would contact as many camera shops as possible to try and sort of partner with them for them to loan me the gear so I could then review it completely independently because they sell all different brands and stuff and then send it back to them and then in the description of the video put a link to their website so it would drive some drive some traffic to them i could i could keep the the review completely independent say whatever i wanted about the gear and then move on to the next one uh, because I, I do want to do independent gear reviews i i I did a video the other day about the Polar Pro filters, the Summit filters that they've just released. Now, that was a sponsored video. I was very upfront about it being a sponsored video, and I just wanted to show you those filters because I genuinely do think they're great. But there's a lot of negative comments because people don't seem to like it when some people don't like that type of video. But it wasn't really a review. I might have said it was partially testing them out, but it wasn't intended to be a review. It was just intended to be an introduction to that bit of gear because I think because I'm interested in it, I think Polar Pro are a great company, it's a great product and I imagine that a lot of you would have been interested in it as well which I know for a fact that you were because I can see how many people click through to the website from the description in the YouTube video so overall I think it was a really good video, it was, it was probably 95% of it was me doing long exposure photography and then I just talked about those bits of gear for a minute, but people sort of getting upset about it not being an independent review, even though I said straight up front that it wasn't because it was sponsored. But I get it because you, you do want to know that if it is a review, that it's that's, it, you're not influenced in any way. So that's why I thought partnering with a camera store to provide the gear was a better way than getting it from the camera companies themselves. So, I mean, even, even if I gave... A particular bit of gear a bad review there's a good chance people would still click that link sending them to that camera store anyway so that it's not going to negatively impact the camera shop if i give a negative review to that item because they're still getting the traffic to their website now the thing is with the with the uk companies that i contacted some of a lot of the big ones and some smaller ones and a couple of local ones so i could get a bit of a personal relationship going uh not a single one was interested. Unfortunately, uh, I think. it I mean, personally, I think it was a reasonable idea. Fair enough. If they don't want to, if they don't want to know, that's up to them. I know a couple of them do their own sort of videos as well, but uh, I don't really see the harm in it. But anyway, they weren't interested. However, out of the blue, I then got contacted by uh, an American camera shop called B and H. Now, if you're into photography, you've probably heard of B and H. It's a one of the if not the biggest camera retailer in the US, probably after Amazon, and they sell pretty much everything. So they got in touch, and they said that they would like to work with me to allow help me to do more reviews, and they offered me exactly what I was looking for, which was essentially a loaner program. So I have gone into a bit of a deal with them, they send me gear, I'm going to review it, put it on YouTube, and then send it back to them. Uh, So... That's now gone ahead, and the first camera that I'm going to try out has just arrived yesterday, and it's the Canon 90D. Now I've I've also matched that to the brand new Tokina 11 to 16 millimeters f 2.8, which is uh, it's it it fits to Canon and Nikon. Cropped sensor cameras, and it's a really interesting lens because it's a 11 to 16 millimeters of extreme wide angle, sort of equivalent to I don't know 17 millimeters on a on a full frame camera. But with that 2.8 aperture, it just adds just something extra that you might not get from the sort of traditional wide angle lens on a cropped sensor camera, like that, which mostly is f 5.6, I think, at the at the wide end or 3.5, I don't know, but anyway, it's 2.8 throughout the range, it's really an interesting lens. My initial impression is that it's extremely good quality, it's definitely got a good build quality, and that f2.8 provides some really interesting creative opportunities, handheld, blowing the background out a bit more, um, because at a wide angle it's harder to blow the background out, but with that 2.8 it just makes it really interesting, uh, and it's it, it just... It's just unusual on a crop sensor camera, and it's just it's it's nice to use. It's not going to really benefit me with the landscape photography, but I think the overall image quality is going to be pretty good anyway. So I'm looking forward to putting that to the test in the field. I've used it for a few portraits and stuff of my kids, and it's quite interesting. It's really exciting actually to be able to use that depth of field with a wide angle. I had a at one point. I had a I think it was a Sigma f one point four. 35mm wide en- wide lens. That was really nice as well. It's great using wide angle or f- relatively wide angle lenses with that l- with that really big aperture. You can, it does open up some exciting sort of creative opportunities. So the Canon 90D is the replacement for the Canon 80D. It's a crop center camera, sort of sits in the mid-range of Canon's cameras. Um it is a DSLR. We're going to talk about that a bit more in a minute. And for the price of it, which I think is about £1,200 in the UK without a lens, that's just the body only, you're looking at the equivalent or sort of similar cameras you could buy are things like the Fujifilm X-T3 is a similar cost. It's equivalent to, I don't know, Nikon D7500, the new... Sony A6600 is sort of in that same kind of camera bracket as well. It's probably a little bit more expensive, but that's the same sort of camera. And then then Canon also make basically the same camera in a mirrorless version, which is the Canon M6 Mark II. But I've gone for the 90D because I wanted to try it out. A for, I mean, just to see what it's like as a main camera, but also I think it's a contender to be a replacement for my vlogging camera. It's got uncropped 4K video, which is interesting to me. The flip screen flips out to the side. On the Canon M6 Mark II, the the camera flips to the the screen flips out to the top so you can still see yourself, but then I wouldn't be able to attach the microphone to the top, be able to see the screen because the microphone will be blocking it. So the Canon 90D is an interesting prospect for that, and I'm looking forward to giving it a try. I've tried it out around the around the house, did a little video with my daughter today as well, and it's it's it looks really good, especially with that f 2.8 aperture as well on that Tokina lens. So I'm quite excited about getting out and doing a vlog with it. Hopefully this week. The thing is, with with a lot of cameras these days, there is there's so much choice which I think is great because it's really quite difficult actually to buy a bad camera at the moment. There are so many good ones on the market once you get into that sort of £500 and above bracket. But in the sort of 1000 to £1,500 bracket, there's a fantastic amount of choice. You're looking at, like I said, the Fuji X-T3, the, now the 90D, uh, you sort of can almost push to a Sony a7 III, which is full frame. Yeah, there's loads of options. Um, but um, I wanted to try the 90D out because I like the video features and I think it's going to be a great camera. And it, every time I get my hands on a Canon, because I, mean, I mean, I'm a Canon user anyway, they, but they just somehow feel ready to go. They're an absolute tool. Like the, There isn't anything amazingly kind of inspiring about the design like there is with the Fujifilm XT3, but they're just functional and they're a tool and they work flawlessly almost all the time. They can put up with a bit of a beating, they're well built. Canon do a great job and they get, I mean, people are turning against Canon a lot of the time, I don't really know why, but they do make great cameras and I know a lot of people are still interested in that. Uh, I know that the Canon 90D has become uh, an instantly good seller, I believe, and I'm I'm not surprised about that, having had a quick go of it. Let's just talk about the DSLR versus mirrorless thing, because it it seems to dominate the discussion a lot of the time, as it is this one as well, but a, a lot of the press and manufacturers and some of the aggressive fanboys are all now saying we should go mirrorless, and they're very aggressive about it. And there are some great reasons to go mirrorless, but I don't necessarily think it's the reasons that everybody is talking about. So in terms of the actual tech, I'm not convinced that mirrorless is better than DSLR. The main difference I've noticed in my experience with using mirrorless cameras and DSLRs is, is the smaller size. So that's one of the things people talk about, is that mirrorless cameras are smaller, more compact they're lighter and that's true to some extent but it's not true of all of them so the medium format ones from fuji the uh the new canon r eos r is not particularly small it's not always the case especially i mean i had the fuji film xt3 for a while which is a nice compact size But by the time you strap one of the more expensive bits of glass to the front of it it soon gets quite big and chunky and the weight saving over a DSLR setup is quite minimal. Uh, it obviously depends on, on the kit you get, but lightness and smallness is not necessarily always going to be a huge thing. The other thing that is quite obviously an improvement with mirrorless is the burst rate, so you can fire off more frames per second in your, with your stills camera, than you can on a DSLR, which might be good for sports. It might be good for wildlife. Although the DSLRs are now catching up. I think the the 90D, which I have in front of me, is 11 or 10 or 11 frames per second, which is really fantastic. Because you strap a a long 400mm lens on for wildlife photography. It's got decent. It's got Canon's like middle of the range autofocus system in it as well. So you're going to get some really nice wildlife shots with that as well. So. I think it is going to be a very capable camera. one of the other big things about mirrorless cameras is that many of them have the ibis the internal image stabilization, which is very good because you can attach any of the lens to it and it's going to give you that image stabilization. The thing is that doesn't exist on a lot of the one on a lot of the mirrorless cameras that have slightly smaller bodies so take fujifilm for example, the uh, x t3 does not have IBIS because it's too small, basically, to fit the IBIS system in it. The X-H1, which is slightly bigger than the X-T3, that does have IBIS built in. You need to have a slightly bigger body before you can fit IBIS into it. Although when you do have it, it's a very nice feature. And I'm not sure, I might might be wrong about this, but I'm not sure if IBIS will, is possible on a DSLR. I don't know that, but... I feel that I might have heard that somewhere yeah some people think that the EVF the electronic viewfinder is an improvement on DSLR on mirrorless cameras sorry I am not a big fan of the EVFs I find that when I have a mirrorless camera I very rarely end up looking through the viewfinder I'll just use the screen whereas with a DSLR I'm always looking through that viewfinder because you're looking at reflected light basically because of the mirror so you can see real world through the viewfinder and that's one of the big benefits i think of a dslr uh, although some people will say that the, or the the evf can be useful for bright conditions or dark conditions you can get a better idea of exposure through the viewfinder so there is that but i i much rather see the real world than looking at a little screen inside the camera. That might just be me, I'm not sure. But I don't think the DSLR is dead because it still does have some benefits and the camera companies seem to agree because they are still bringing out DSLR cameras. So I've just written a list of things that I think are better or a benefit rather of DSLR. One is the optical viewfinder which I've just talked about. You also get better protection for your sensor on a DSLR camera because unless you have live view engaged. Even though the camera's on, the sensor will not be on and the phone's ringing. I must answer this. I'm not interested. Thank you. Oh, that's annoying. That is annoying. With a DSLR, unless you are using live view, then the sensor will be sort of inactive, as it were, and the shutter will come down over the sensor and protect the sensor. You then also have the mirror in front, when the mirror will come down and be also in front of the sensor, so you almost have like a double protection in front of your sensor all the time, unless you've unless you're in live view. So if you're changing lenses, you take the lens off and you put another one on. If you're out in the field, the sensor is not directly exposed. Obviously, st- stuff can still get in if you're not careful, like sand and things. But you've just got that much better protection with a DSLR. Whereas if you take it off a mirrorless camera, you can literally just look right at the sensor Um, so there is that I mean it's not usually if you're careful it's not usually a problem but it is still there Uh, because the sensor is not on all the time in a DSLR camera you therefore also get much better battery life most of the time with my DSLRs I will get all day out of a battery if I'm doing landscape photography if I'm filming with one of the cameras I'll usually need two batteries If I'm filming all day, when I shoot a wedding, I'll usually, with my Canon 5D Mark IV, I'll usually go through three or four batteries. So you just get much better battery life with a DSLR. Because they're often bigger, the battery can be bigger as well. And And also the size on its own, I don't think with a camera necessarily all the time that smaller is better. Now, like I said, I've used quite a few of them. Uh, and the smaller ones like the X-T3 and a couple of the Sonys, they are not comfortable to hold all day long. You may not be holding your camera all day long, so it doesn't matter. For landscape photographers, it might not matter because you pull it out and whack it on a tripod. But for someone who has a camera in their hand all day long at a wedding or something like that, or, I don't know, street photographer, if you're constantly carrying it and putting it up to your eye, I find the bigger DSLR bodies with the deeper grip uh, just suits my hand much, much better Uh, So I don't think necessarily all the time that smaller is better. Also with DSLRs, you have more lens options because firstly you've got the companies that make third-party lenses like Tokina, that I've just been talking about, but then on the used market with lenses for Canon and Nikon particularly, the used market is awash with great lenses So you can get a really good deal on some older lenses that are still fantastic lenses. With a lot of the mirrorless cameras, you're looking at much newer products. So the used market is not as full of good deals. Um, So that's another thing to think about. You might not need to uh, buy new lenses as well if you stick with a DSLR. That's certainly the case for me with a 90D, is that all, all my lenses that I have already will fit on that. So if I'm considering it as a vlogging camera, I don't need to buy a new lens if I don't want to. If I'm not happy with the Dakina lens, I can whack my old lens on there and I'll be good to go. So that's just a few, few thoughts about DSLR and mirrorless. And I just think if it comes to a purchasing decision, I don't think DSLR versus mirrorless should be on your priority list. Uh, as you reason out what to buy, it just shouldn't be a factor. I think it's much better to look at all the other options that come with the camera, and then if it turns out to be a DSLR, then cool. If it turns out to be a mirrorless camera, then cool. I don't think that should be a factor in your decision make- making process. So you might think that or you might just love the XT three for for its sort of its looks and Fuji's kind of overall attitude that they seem to have, which seem seem to sort of fit right in line with photographers. I find that attractive about Fuji, so you might just think, right, I want a Fuji film camera. Now, if you're thinking that, you're going to end up with a mirrorless camera uh, because it's pretty much all they make now. It may be that you want something that fits in your hand, so a DS- really nicely, so a DSLR might be your option. You might think, oh, I really like Sony because my mate's got a Sony and we can we can swap lenses around because he's got this, a, a Sony camera with a Sony a mount. So you buy a Sony camera, and then similar, you're going to probably end up having a mirrorless camera. It might be that you love Sony's video features or its uh, its ability in low light with high ISO. Then you again you go for Sony. Thing with Canon and Nikon now, if you, I mean they've now entered the mirrorless market. Personally, I think leaves the Canon lineup a little bit confusing. But I moving forward. I'm looking to or I'll be very interested in the sort of flagship mirrorless camera that they will hopefully bring out so something slightly better than the Canon EOS R. The reason being is because the lenses they've introduced for those cameras look absolutely fantastic. The 16 to 35, I think it is, the 24 to 70 and then the 70 to 200, they all look and I've heard that they are some of the best lenses ever made. So that would be... Pique my interest, and that would be the reason I would then want to fit them to the new Canon EOS R or whatever the better version of that's going to be. So yeah, I mean, I I don't always think that the mirrorless versus DSLR is even relevant. They've both got their upsides, and then they've got their downsides as well. I think you should probably look at other features first to decide what camera to then go ahead and buy. I do love the optical viewfinder as well of the DSLRs. I'd be sad to see that go if I did change over to mirrorless permanently but yeah it's just i think probably gets talked about more than it should do even though i've then spent the last 20 minutes or so talking about it but just wanted to share that as i thought about it and uh, because i've i'm sat here with a new canon 90d which just it's it's a camera that actually as I pulled out the box I instantly got excited about it that doesn't happen to me very often these days and it just it just feels really nice it's well built and the video features just seem great that 4k uncropped video 1080p slow-mo I'm excited to use it and the quality that I've seen from it so far is looking good so I'm looking forward to getting out there and putting that review out as soon as possible uh, what else? Yeah, if you haven't done so yet, please do check out the Raw Room. Go to firstmanphotography.com slash room, and you can check out the Raw Room. There's the Landscape Photography Masterclass on there which is seven hours of new content that you've never seen on YouTube that takes you right through the landscape photography process. We talk about a bit of planning, we go out and about, we do a couple of live shoots, uh, three like three or four live shoots I think. But and then we get into the office, we talk about some post-processing, we talk about printing, we talk about the art of photography and there's inspiration there to get you out and about taking some better photos. You can access that for 5 dollars a month or you can cancel at any time so if you were so inclined you could pay 5 dollars absolutely K in the Masterclass and then cancel. I hope you don't do that because I'm putting new content on there all the time for you. There's a monthly uh, photo challenge. Good community growing on the raw room so i'd love it if you were to check it out anyway let me or find me on twitter follow me at adam Carnach on twitter or just search for first man photography on twitter and you should be able to find me i'd love you to follow me on twitter because i'm trying to up my twitter game just a little bit it's a great place to get in touch about these podcasts as well and i will speak to you again very very soon i'm adam this is the raw room podcast out